Welcome. Uh, my name is Randy Skolton. I am on staff here at Orchard, and yeah, it's an honor to be here, and I want to extend a special welcome to those watching online this morning as well as you in the room. We are in the middle of the summer series called What Is? And so we've been answering all kinds of questions. What is baptism? What is prayer? What is God like? Uh, and so this morning, we're going to spend some time in what is authentic community. Um, and I've been here at Orchard for about 15 years, and I absolutely cannot not remember a time where I have been connected uh, in community and small groups. Uh, in fact, belonging in community is one of our four strategies here at Orchard. And you'll see this morning, that's the reason I'm talking about it. I am extremely passionate about belonging in community. I, I just think that we need it now uh, more than ever before. But before we dive into that, uh, there are probably some of you, maybe, sitting here that you're kind of like my introverted husband, and he, I had permission to like kind of talk about him this morning, but if you're like him, you might already be shaking your head. Be like, nope, I don't need community. I'm not joining a small group. In fact, you might even be thinking, Randy, I don't even like people. If that's you, I see you, I get it. But here's the thing, you're already in community. You're doing it absolutely every single day. You're doing it at work, you're doing it in the gym, with your golf buddies. I mean, ladies, you're doing it with your hairdresser. You know we tell her everything. She knows all of our stuff. Uh, you're already sharing your life experiences with other people. You are already in community. So all of you nopes, hang in. I, I promise it'll be worth it this morning. Uh, the other thing is community looks different for everyone. It takes on many different forms. It's not a one-size-fits-all because authentic community happens in so many different ways. You may just be surprised to find yourself already in the midst of, of a community where you really get to be your authentic, true, real, honest, like scars and all self. This is one way surprising, unexpected, authentic community happened for me and my husband. Many years back, uh, Orchard Hill used to have a marathon team, and so uh, we actually signed up for, well, no, we didn't sign up. I actually told my husband we were running a marathon. Yep, I did. So we used to have this marathon team here at Orchard, and Jesse and I watched all the fun that happened around this marathon team as we sat in the seats like you. And so year two, I decided to sign us up for the team. And we were not runners. Yep. Uh, I thought we had a slide maybe of that marathon team. So this is uh, this crazy large group of people. Uh, but here's the cool thing. The community it created for someone, especially like my husband, was way beyond what we ever thought God was going to do. We spent hours, hours with this 50-plus people. Most of them we didn't even know on day one, but God opened a door and created a community that my husband didn't think he needed and probably didn't even know he wanted. We saw each other at our best and our worst. Our best when we met a milestone that we didn't think was possible. 
such as crossing the finish line on our first 5K, our first 10K, and then on Marathon Day. Our worst, when we were sweaty, drenched, no makeup, sometimes heaving, and many times crying because it was way too hard. We shared so many experiences together through this one activity. We prayed together, we laughed together, we cried together, and we logged many miles alongside one another. It was amazing, it was hard, and it was super messy. And that's where I'm going today, with authentic community, because when you add authentic, it gets messy. Why? Because authenticity, being our real, true, honest self with others, it requires something of us. It changes the game when you add authenticity. It means I have to get real with myself, with God, and with others. And for me, getting real is really hard. And it looks way different than like my Insta post or my Snap stories of my perfectly decorated little house with my perfect little family living this perfect little life. And don't get me wrong, I love all the stuff you guys post, like all how you decorate your house and all the food that you cook, so I'm not saying don't do it. Um, but here's the question that I wanna ask this morning. If that is all we share, if all we share is our highlight reel, is that authentic? Let me say that again. If all we ever share is our highlight reel, is it authentic? I mean, I'm not posting all the craziness that happens in my life, like the time my kid stuffed, I don't even know, five, six, seven, chewy sweet tarts up his nose. Uh, and I don't even know what you do with that. Like, honestly, I didn't even think it was possible. Uh, because here's the deal, I just took him to the emergency room the night before because he, like, jabbed his neck after falling on the glass vase. Um, he's 22, he's fine, we made it. Uh, sweethearts dissolve, just give it time, just in case you need to know that. <laughs> or the time I blamed my husband when a deer hit our car. I told him if he had taken a different road, that wouldn't have happened. <laughs> I did do that just recently, actually. <laughs> Or the time your kid throws a really big party in your newly built house that you've owned less than five days because you left on vacation. That one's five years out and it still hurts a whole lot. Goodness. But here's the thing. You never saw any of that on my Facebook feed, did you? Nope. Because we hide those messy pieces of our life. What would you think? if you really knew me. I mean, if you really knew me, what would you even think? What, would you like me? Would you reject me? Would you judge me? I mean, this is why we manage our image, right? This is the question that keeps us from risking authenticity, only sharing the highlight reel, not the messy stuff. In fact, we do this in every aspect of our lives. We do it at work, we do it in our friend circles, social media, and right here at church. Maybe mostly here at church. Authentic community includes both the high points and the low points, even 
at church. So what comes to mind when you hear the word authentic? Think about it for a moment. What does it mean for you to be authentic? The community piece, I think, is easy, but authenticity starts with you, it starts with me, but what does that mean? So here are the things I think about when I hear authentic. Genuine, uh, trustworthy. Uh, For me, authenticity demands trust. And then honesty, honest fear, vulnerability, judgment, rejection. So isn't it interesting, as you look at my list, you can see it starts out fine, but then it goes south really fast. Because hearing the word authentic brings up all of these feelings that I don't like very much. How about you? How does it make you feel? What emotions bubble up inside of you? Maybe a past painful experience, or a hurt from a friend, your marriage, or other relationships. Being authentic, especially with others in community, is a risk. I mean, it's a huge risk. It's a risk to take down all of those barriers we've built around that highlight reel. It's a risk to take down the privacy barriers in an effort to be real in authentic community. But in order to grow, to become more like Christ, we have to begin taking down those walls, allowing others into our lives. Risks are scary, and taking a risk to enter authentic community, I think, might be the scariest of all. We're afraid. We're afraid that once people get to know us, they won't like us, they will judge us, and they will reject us. Have you experienced this yourself? I have. But worse yet, I've done this to someone. And perhaps that's why I fear it the most. Because I have rejected someone. I have judged them. And I've even said, I don't like them. You see, when my husband and I started leading a small group here at Orchard about 15 years ago, the individual who put small groups together, she added this couple to our group, and she said, you're going to love them. They're great. And I have to confess, we left the first night, and I said to my husband, I said, I don't think I'm going to like her. After one, I kid you not, one time meeting, I had already decided, based on my own judgment, to reject her and say, I do not like her. But you know what? I was so wrong. God shows up and works when we take risks for community. This friend and her husband are now two of our closest friends. In fact, she's that friend that in some of my darkest moments, she will just randomly call me because, her words, God prompted me to call you today. She had no idea the condition of my heart when she picked up the phone. But she knew for some reason that she needed to call me. This is an example of the power of authentic community. When we risk letting others in, God tends to show up, do what he does best, letting us know that we're not alone, that we matter, we are seen, and we are valued. And I wince now thinking back on that time and thinking of what I might have missed 
in my life if I had not pushed past my initial rejection of that friend and took the risk and kept on taking the risk for authentic community. And the reward in my life, um, it's just been immeasurable. Uh, God knows what he's doing. We were created, we were designed by God to be in community and not just any sort of community, authentic community. A place where we can stop all the image management, take off those masks, and be who we were created to be. You see, God created us in his image to be in relationship with him and to be in relationship with one another. He says in Genesis 2.18, it is not good for man to be alone. We need people who know us, and despite our mess, they still love us. We need places. We can just be ourselves. We can be seen. We can be valued and loved. I think there's a hard truth that we do have to face. The church should be the safest place, the safest place for us to find our people to gather, to be real, to be honest, in authentic community. But I'm going to guess that some of you might have had an experience maybe growing up in another church or maybe right here in this one that has left you feeling judged, feeling rejected, and all the things that create fear of being able to just be you. To be honest, so have I. We need authentic community. We were created for it, and we fail at it all the time. It's just easier. I mean, right, let's be honest. It's so much easier and far less risky uh, to stay at home, to binge watch Netflix. But Netflix never transformed any of us into the image of Jesus. It just doesn't. So what do we do, and how do we move forward? Uh, the brokenness that we find extends into to the church, where we should find love and acceptance. We sometimes face rejection and judgment. Instead of being shocked and outraged that the church has broken places, let's just take a deep breath, and let's turn to some practices of Jesus' followers meant to heal brokenness and allow the creation of messy, risky wonderful, authentic community. So in the book of James, James was writing to the earliest of Christians, uh, people just like you, me, uh, messy creatures, all of us, who wanted to find authentic community. And here's what he says in James 5, 16. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Confess your sins to each other. Hmm, talk about a risk. I'm thinking, no, no way. My sins are between me and God. That is weird, like weird. Nobody else is going to know all those things. No one's going to know my business. No one's going to know that about me. Because if they know that, if they know me a little bit more, they may not like me. They might reject me. They might judge me. But James does go on to say, Pray for each other so that you may be healed. And Alice has already talked about what is prayer. Prayer is intimate. 
It is powerful. It can change your life. It can change you. It can change me from the inside out. Pray for each other. Now notice, James, he's not saying, like, confess all your sins and then go gossip about each other. He's not saying that. I mean, can you even begin to imagine what would happen if we gathered with others, took a risk to be as real as possible, confessed our sins, prayed with and for each other, and healing began? You, me, we, we begin to change. We begin to take steps from the me I am now to the me God wants me to be. Imagine. Imagine becoming a better version of you because you took a risk and you let others know you. And James is saying the church is for far more than just gathering on Sunday morning. Uh, the church is a place for authentic, confess our sins to each other kind of community. This cannot happen if all we do is come to church on Sunday. We are invited to so much more, and we want to invite you to so much more. We're invited to a place where community happens when we are together in our real lives and free to be our authentic self, growing in our faith with others growing in their faith. Okay, let's keep going. In the book of Hebrews 10.24, the author writes, And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. This is the part of what we are to do for and with each other. Spur one another on. Encourage one another, cheer for one another, lift each other up. Whatever word you want to use. And look where the author goes with it. Toward love. And that's the point. That's the goal. To love one another. Love the insta-worthy, painful, messy parts of each other. And how do we do that? He keeps going in verse 25, and it says this, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. There's that word again, encourage, and how? By not giving up meeting together. We were created to be together, messiness and all. For what? Confessing sins, praying for one another, encouraging one another, and loving one another. Authentic community. Paul takes this, I think, to an entirely new level in Galatians 6, 2, saying, carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Who carry each other's burdens. How can I do that for you? Unless I know you. Unless I know what those burdens are. Let's be real. I mean, it isn't like you're just going to come up here after service and you're going to start unpacking all your stuff so I can carry your burdens. No. That's not how it works, right? This happens when we are together in a trusted relationship and we know each other. And know each other how? Because I let you know me and you let me know you. Even some of the sin that holds me down and zaps my strength and my joy. And you let me know you, not just the awesome, you know, social media insta parts of your life that you've hidden behind barriers erected to keep people out. And we do that then and only then when we do that can we carry each other's burdens.
And I don't know about you, but I need help carrying my burdens. An authentic community requires risk, such as unloading all of our stuff for a great reward. And here's the part that I love, because Paul continues and says, in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. And what's the law of Christ? Jesus told us clearly, love others as I have loved you. God made us to be together in community and to love others as he loved us. And friends, to love each other as Christ has loved us means we love each other even in our sin and failure and mess and brokenness. That is how Christ has loved us. That is how we are to love others and they are to love us. Okay, stay with me for a few more minutes because this is where authentic community gets super hard, uh, is if it can't possibly get any harder, right? I just told you, stop your image management, get together with people, pour out all your stuff, and love them. How much harder can it get? Well, I believe it can. Because all of those things require us to step out of our own messy, broken life and get our hands dirty, stepping into someone else's. Are you willing to get your hands dirty with the messiness of others? And here's the hardest part of all. Are you willing to take a risk and step into the messy, broken life of someone not just like you. And our polarized culture is not doing very, very well at this, are we? But here's the deal. Jesus did it all the time. He spent most of his time with people that no one else would. He spent most of the time, in fact, with people he was told to avoid. He spent a lot of time with people who did not share his views. And if we're going to fulfill the law of Christ, then we have to follow in his footsteps. We have to. To be in authentic community with others, especially those not like us, I know that it's countercultural right now. We just want to be with people who think like we do, who act like we do, and who live like we do. But that's not what Jesus did. And so here's something recently as I've spent some time in this that's really helped me. Um, is author Caleb Kaltenbach, when he's in the midst, when he steps into somebody else's messy life, and especially those that are not like him, he reminds himself and he asks two questions. Who created them and who died for them? The answer is always, always, the same God that created me created you. The same Jesus who died on a cross for me died on a cross for you. All messy people living very messy lives. And I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of a church that's full of messy people. Messy people God created and messy people Jesus died for. Why? Because I'm messy. You're messy. We are all messy. And you want to know a secret? There's no one except Jesus. No one that isn't mostly living a hot mess. Like, it's just, it's who we are. And I want to know I belong, that I can connect and grow in my walk with Jesus 
with other messy people through authentic community, I want to know I can be who I am. So I want to circle back to the marathon story because I want to remind you this whole journey of community. It is a marathon. You have to take the long view because it doesn't just happen overnight. And here's why I want to circle back to it. Uh, What came out of that marathon team, as I said, it was so much more than we ever saw coming. It's actually kind of funny because we spent so much time with these people that uh, my husband and I felt like we couldn't go anywhere, literally absolutely nowhere, and we just, we were running into all these people that we knew. We just felt like we had friends all over the place. Uh, And it's almost like uh, we just, we encountered lots of different people, lots of different situations, and we started seeing this gentleman who was on the marathon team uh, running into him frequently, he and his wife, and uh, funny total side note, he beat my husband in the first marathon. Uh, My husband has never let that happen again, but anyway, totally irrelevant. My point is, is that after lots of encounters, our first connection, um, we became really good friends, started becoming really good friends with uh, this couple. And in fact, such good friends that we started doing holidays together, Bible studies together, small groups together. We simply do all of life together. They're not only some of our best friends, we would say that they're our family. We've laughed together, we've cried a whole ton together, gotten dirty in each other's messy, messy lives. And here's where I'm going with it. We do not have the same views on everything. And wow, have we had some super hard conversations. But because we have a deeply authentic relationship with them that was built out of a running community that was a part of this church, we can disagree and love each other at the end of the day. In fact, most of our closest and best friends have come out of being in long-term and short-term small groups here at Orchard. We believe they transform lives. We believe they, they just let us be authentically ourselves and just, um, they've just changed us. And I can't finish today without strongly encouraging you all to take a risk, join a group. I want to challenge you to start doing the hard work of being authentic with God, yourself, and others so, you, so they can know you. Get in a space, just get in a space with people, gathered together, and not people just like you. Keep asking the questions. Who created them? Who died for them? It's the same for them as it is for you. And lastly, authentic community changes you, as it should. Are you willing to sacrifice the current version of yourself to fully experience authentic community with others. It's a risk. Are you willing to take it? All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, um, we thank you. We thank you for this community sitting right here in these seats and online. Lord, you create spaces for us to encounter you and to follow you. And we just praise you for all of that, Lord. And I just pray today that there are a few people that are ready, ready to take that step, most importantly, ready to take that risk, um, to be in community with others, to know you more, and that, Lord, you'll just keep helping us ask the questions, who created them and who died for them. Lord, thank you for your son. 
We thank you for this time this morning. Amen.